Lord God, we stand this morning in awe of you. We stand recognizing your love for us. And God, we stand in adoration and respect and awe of a God who would love us so passionately, who would pursue us so passionately that he would join us here to make a way for us to be in right relationship with himself. God, help us this morning to realize how much you do love us. Give us just a taste of that. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys may be seated. Some great imagery in the words this morning of the songs, whether it was a more modern uh, worship song or whether it was uh, a song with traditional hymn roots. Great imagery. So President Ronald Reagan issued a presidential proclamation on January 16th, 1984, designating that Sunday, January 22nd, 1984, would be a National Sanctity of Human Life Day. Now, when he did that, he noted that it was the 11th anniversary of Roe v. Wade in which the Supreme Courts issued a ruling that guaranteed women access to abortions. President Reagan was a strong pro-life advocate, as most of you know, and he said in the Roe v. Wade decision that the courts struck down our laws protecting the lives of unborn children. Today is January 18th, 2015, and many in our nation again are celebrating National Sanctity of Human Life Day. Now, I know this uh, not because I was well, observed, well aware of the observed day, but because in our Explore the Text um, uh, verses that we're going through today, there was an asterisk. And the asterisk next to the verses, there was a, uh, a suggested sermon title of Protect Human Life. And most of the verses could be used to form and create a very good protect the unborn child type of sermon. Listen to Genesis chapter 9, verse 1. It says, Then God blessed Noah and his sons and told them, Be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Verse 5, And I will require the blood of anyone who takes another person's life. If a wild animal kills a person, it must die. And anyone who murders a fellow human must die. If anyone takes a human life, that person's life will also be taken by human hands. For God made human beings in his own image. Now be fruitful and multiply and repopulate the earth. One of the other suggested texts was Proverbs chapter 24, verses 10 to 12, and it says, If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. Rescue those who are unjustly sentenced to die. Save them as they stagger to their death. Don't excuse yourself by saying, Look, we didn't know. For God understands all hearts, and he sees you. He who guards your souls knows you knew. He will repay all people as their actions deserve. Now these are just two of the passages that the Explore the Bible text recommended, and they could very easily form, like I said, an anti-abortion sermon. And honestly, that'd probably be a good sermon to preach. Just some facts and figures. Since 1980, which is seven years after Roe v. Wade, worldwide, there has been close to 1 billion, 321 million unborn lives taken before their first breath was breathed. 1 billion, 321 million. Numbers like that and the knowledge like that makes me hear Proverbs 24 a little bit more pointedly. Rescue those unjustly sentenced to die. Don't excuse yourself by saying, look, we didn't know. 
in this epidemic of choice, we as Christians have to wrestle. And not just due to the unborn lives that are being taken, but due to the pain and suffering that is caused by those affected by someone who has an abortion. The moms, the dads, the families, the friends, my guess is that every one of us knows somebody who has gone through some of the pain and suffering that these affect. So Sunday, like today, which is designated as Sanctity of Life Day, is a good Sunday to have, even if it's tough to think about. But I've wrestled this week, asking myself the question, should that be our focus, just the lives of the unborn? Or is there more? I spent a fair amount of time thinking about what to share. I spent time in each of the four texts that were suggested. And I've got to be honest with you, I struggled knowing that I'd be talking this morning, knowing that I'd be talking about a, uh, a hotly debated political topic, pro-life versus pro-choice. Okay, you've heard me say recently I don't like to talk about politically charged soapboxes from the front. So I did really struggle this morning. But God, in a way he normally does, said, hey, let's go this direction. I'm going to make you wrestle for a while, but let's go this direction. He brought me to the word sanctity, which for the kids who are filling out a children's bulletin, sanctity comes from the Latin word sanctus, and it means holy. It could mean the condition of being sanctified. It also means sacred. So as I reflected on this word this morning, God drew my attention in a backwards kind of way to the week I just had. Now, there are some weeks where I only have two or, or three meetings during the entire week. And those are the weeks where usually by the end of Tuesday, I have a sermon written. And I have some long-term planning I can do during the week and maybe some leadership development. And my to-do list oftentimes shrink. Then we have weeks like this last week. Where I got to Thursday at about 1 o'clock and realized, wait, i got to preach this Sunday. And I got there because I had been with people every day, Monday through that Thursday, getting to hear the joys of life, the challenges of life, the hard things. And it was fantastic. I realized that there's both, both those types of week for me, and they're both good, but I think God has called me more so to the latter, where I'm with people. Now I realize that I'm fortunate enough in my position to be able to interact with all generations and all genres. I also realize that not too many people have the inside track to other people's lives like I do. I mean, as, as, a, as a pastor, I get an instant access. So don't leave this morning thinking, man, I wish I could interact with as many different people as, as Pastor James does during a week. Leave this morning thinking, okay, who is it that God's going to lead me to? This week. So, anyways, in thinking about sharing what I was going to share this morning, like I said, in a backwards sort of way, God said, Look back at this past week. And in in a way, He drew in my mind's eye, He paraded each person that I got to talk with through the front of my mind. And as each person went by, he, He kind of whispered, Sanctity. James, that person is sacred. Due to Jesus, that person is holy in my eyes. That person has great value. Their life is valuable. That is the type of person you should talk about on a Sanctity of Life Sunday. And Thursday afternoon, as I was looking back, thinking about all the different people I had met with, I realized the only type of person I didn't talk to was the unborn. 
You can realize that'd be a little bit challenging unless I had Stacia over for lunch and I talked at her stomach. I didn't. But I did have a chance to talk with a baby that came five weeks early in the NICU. You see Avon Rose right there. She's part of our family. This is Brianna and Chris's daughter. Where are they? They're here somewhere. They're there. Thank you. This is uh, Bruce and Corrine's great-granddaughter. As I sat there, and she was tiny. So I, I don't know if you pet a tiny one. <laughs> As I touched her little ears and her hair, God just kind of said, James, that little girl's life is sacred. Listen to God's heart through Scripture of what he feels about little ones. Psalm 139, God made all the delicate inner parts of that little girl's body. He knit her together in her mother's womb. Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 4, But now, O Jacob, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you, says this, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. You are honored, and I love you. God said to the prophet Jeremiah, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I set you apart and appointed you as my prophet to the nations. Even Job mentioned this. Job 31, 15, he says, For God created both me and my servants. He created us both. In the womb. I believe fully that God sees a sacredness, a holiness, a purity due to the cross of Christ in each little child. And God whispers to us this morning that baby, that little girl's life has great value to me. A Thursday, as I was thinking about what I would share this morning, God showed me the faces of all our Awana kids. The Cubbies, the Sparkies, the TNT kids. And as each one walked by, he whispered again, that child is sacred. That student is holy in my eyes. That, James, is the type of person you used to talk about on Sunday. Jesus himself said, let the children come to me. Right? Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. You can hear God's heart for children as he taught the Israelite parents this in Deuteronomy chapter 11. He said, commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these words of mine. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Teach them to your children. Talk about them when you're at home, when you're on the road, when you're going to bed, and when you're getting up. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates so that as long as the sky remains above the earth, you and your children may flourish in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Now hear the psalmist's heart for kids. Psalm 127, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from Him. Children born to a young man are like arrows in a warrior's hands. How joyful is the man whose quiver is full of them. Now the prophet Joel in chapter 2 said, Gather all the people, 
the elders, the children, and even the babies. I believe God's heart for the children is evidenced through verses like these. And again, as we hear them, we get to hear God whisper, these students are sacred and holy to me because of Jesus Christ. Uh, The joy of getting to work with these kids at Awana, getting to teach them. The joy of getting to go to the hospital and hang out with Brianna and Avon Rose is that God gets to remind me of his feelings towards young parents as well. Isaiah 49, can a mother forget her nursing child? Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if this were possible, I would not forget, forget you. And God added specifically a note to parents in the Ten Commandments. Honor your father and mother. Then you will live a long and full life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. See, I believe that the parent is valued by God. And there is a sanctity in the parents that we all need to be reminded of. So today is National Sanctity of Life Day. And it was this past Wednesday when I met with another pastor and we we prayed together as we do. And we were asking God, hey, help us to be fully present with whoever we get to interact with today. And I had looked at my calendar before praying and I saw three meetings that day. And I thought, okay, God, help me to be fully present with those three people. Well, God had other plans. I was leaving one meeting, about to go to a second meeting, and Heather stopped me and says, James, there's, there's, a, there's a guy in the foyer. I think he's homeless, and he, he wants to talk to a pastor. So I went out to, to talk with him, and I knew him. And we helped him a, a time or two in the last nine years. And he said to me, you know, he came looking for help again. Needed help with rent money, and we were able to help him with that. In fact, I got to take him, I got to meet his landlord and and see the house where he was staying at. Now, you would think that per the prayer that morning, I would have been fully present with this gentleman. But my mind was elsewhere, because it it took him twice of asking me, do you have anything else that I can go and get something to eat with? Twice before God just elbowed me and said, James, would you listen and spend some more time with this guy? So per his request, we went down to McDonald's. And in the drive-thru, I said to him, Hey, Paul, tell me your story. How old are you, bud? He says, I'm, I'm 40. And I've had cerebral palsy my entire life. You know, I knew that because he had a speech, a speech issue. I said, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? And he talked about the foster homes and the, and the group homes that he grew up in in California. And he talked about the the sexual abuse and the physical abuse he has lived through his entire 40 years. You know, I felt compelled to say to him, man, Paul, God God loves you so much. And he had a legitimate, understandable response when through his slurred speech he says, I don't know about that. How could a God who loves me let me go through all of this stuff? Thursday, as I was preparing, God brought Paul's face to mind. And God whispered, James, Paul is sacred to me. Doubts and all. Due to Jesus, he is holy. That's the type of person we should talk about on Sanctity of Life Day. Listen again to God's heart for the broken through Scripture. 
Psalm 34, verse 17, The Lord hears His people when they call to Him for help. He rescues them from all their troubles. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. In Matthew 4, Jesus, or it says news about Jesus spread as far as Syria, and people soon began bringing to Him all who were sick. Whatever their sickness or disease, if they were demon-possessed or epileptic or paralyzed, he healed them. God healed Paul. When Jesus was teaching about who to invite to a banquet, he said, don't invite those who can repay you. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Even the Old Testament law spoke about God's view towards those who are physically challenged. Leviticus 19, do not insult the deaf or cause the blind to stumble. You must fear your God. I am the Lord. And back in the New Testament, 1 Peter 5, in his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, support, and strengthen you. He will place you on a firm foundation. God has a heart for the hurting, the sick, the broken, the messy. They are sacred, and each and every one of their lives has great value to God. There is a sanctity in them. I told you that right before my time with Paul, I was coming from another meeting with a gentleman. Now, this gentleman was closing in on age 50, and he came in um, looking good. Nice dress coat, slacks, button-down shirt. I mean, kind of looked, that wasn't him, but this guy looks like he has it all together. Well, as I spoke to this guy, he spoke of troubles, many troubles. When he was in college, he had stage 3 testicular cancer that he ended up beating. Then he got married. And thought things were going well until the infidelity of his wife. Later on, he remarried, celebrated eight and a half years of marriage this past week. And he and his wife lead worship at a church. Well, there's issues there at the church. There's struggles with leadership. He talked to me about financial troubles. He, he talked to me about, about car troubles. And my list could go on with the things we talked about. At the end of all of it, he said, James, I'm a pastor's kid. He says, I just... I just want to know, is this normal? Is all this hardship normal? And I honestly think God smiled and thought to himself, there's somebody willing to ask the questions. And that person is sacred to me. That person's holy in my eyes. There's great value to me, and that is the type of person we should talk about on a Sanctity of Life Sunday. God's Word speaks about the trials and troubles we go through when we follow Him. I mean, this guy said it well. He says, it's not like we're, we're told everything's going to be easy. He said quite the opposite. And scripture backs that up. Isaiah 41.10, don't be afraid for I am with you. Don't be discouraged for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will hold you up with my victorious right hand. In Jonah chapter 2, we hear Jonah's pain. He says, I sank beneath the waves and the waters closed over me. 
Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountains. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates lock shut forever. But you, O Lord, my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. Psalm 18, verse 6. But in my distress I cried out to the Lord. Yes, I prayed to my God for help. He heard me from His sanctuary. My cry reached His ears. Listen to what Jesus says in John chapter 16. I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows. But take heart because I have overcome the world. 1 Peter 2.21 For God called you to do good even if it means suffering. Just as Christ suffered for you, He is your example. and You must follow in His steps. Those with troubles, hardships, questions of how much longer, Lord. These people are precious in God's sight. Their lives have great value and great sanctity, and they must be protected. So Tuesday of this past week, before the board meeting, I had a chance to eat dinner with someone whose doctors within the last few days had told her there's nothing else I can do. Since then, we have learned that there might be something, and there's hope there. But on Tuesday, that news hadn't come yet. So we talked about the lack of hope for now, and and how much life left there would be. As I sat there eating dinner with her and her family, I was made aware of how valuable this woman is to God. How much God wants us to protect her life and to hold it as sacred, even in its final stages. John chapter 14, we get to hear some of God's heart. Jesus says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's house. If this were not so, would I have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, or 6-8, through 8, So we are always confident, even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord. For we live by believing and not by seeing. Yes, we are fully confident. And we would rather be away from these earthly bodies, for then we would be at home with the Lord. Psalm 23, verse 4, you know this. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, or through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Here again, the whispers of God. That person who may be nearing the end of this chapter of life is sacred. Due to Jesus, that person is holy in my eyes. That's the type of person to talk about on a Sanctity of Life Sunday. I opened our denominational handbook this past week to find a section subtitled Sanctity of Life. And it said this, The guiding principle is that all human life must be valued and respected and protected throughout all its stages. I told you at the start of the message how President Reagan um, kicked off this National Sanctity of Life Day, and it was originally due to the Roe versus Wade decision. 
And I shared with you how throughout this week I felt God expanding my view of what a national day celebrating the sanctity of life could be. We need to celebrate all life. Because whether people know God or not, they are sacred to Him. God values each and every one that He has created. I still think that He looks down and says, you know what? That's good. That's very good. I still think He repeats the declaration in Isaiah, you are honored and I love you. If there were ever any question about that, all we have to do is look at what Christ did in the incarnation. Look at what God did in joining us here. If there were ever any question about how sacred He views us as, we don't have to look any further than the cross of Christ. He was willing to give up everything for us to say, You are worth it. You are sacred. There is sanctity in you for me. I want to celebrate the sacredness that God has for each of us this morning by taking communion, by celebrating what Christ did, by celebrating how strongly He feels for each of us. Before we take communion, though, I want to spend some time in prayer. I want to spend some time just quietly in our own hearts praying through the different stages of life that we've talked about today. I want to invite Tim to come on up and play quietly. After a time of prayer and reflection, I'll have the ushers come up and they will help me serve communion. We'll pass it out and we encourage you to hold it and we'll take it all together. For now though, let's spend some time quietly in our own hearts in prayer to God, thanking Him for the sanctity that He values in each stage. And I'll guide us through this. Let's spend some time in prayer for the unborn. Maybe we know somebody who's pregnant. Maybe we know somebody who has gone through the challenge of an abortion. We can pray for those we know and those worldwide. Pray for those you know that have infants or babies, both locally and globally. Pray for students and for their parents. Pray for those who have either raised their kids or are in the middle stages of this life. Pray for the people God may put into your life that are physically challenged. People who are hurting. Spend some time lifting those up who are going through difficult times. Whether it's sickness or finances or emotional challenges. Bring them before the Father. though we don't know when any of our ends will come, pray for those who are closer 
to the end of life and those who are walking the journey with them. Spend some time thanking God for his view of you, for his love for you, and for the sacredness and sanctity that he sees in you because of the cross of Christ. invite those who will be serving communion with me to join me up here. Again, we will pass the elements out and we'll take them together, so please hold on to them until we do. You know, I fully believe that when Christ was going through what he did leading up to his crucifixion, he thought they're worth it, every single one of them so they can stand before God, holy and sacred. I will do this for them. Christ's body broke for us. So let's take it and remember him. As he hung on the cross, his body also bled. But he bled for a new covenant, for a forgiveness of sins. Let's take this cup and remember that. Lord Jesus, we are so grateful that you would count us worthy to go through what you did for us. This morning we are humbled by your love for us. We are humbled by your view of us. And God, we don't get big-headed about that. We recognize that the only reason you see us as pure and holy is because of the cross of Christ. I pray you would help us cling to that each and every day. God, may we constantly be amazed at the grace that you have given to us through your Son. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. National Sanctity of Life Day. My prayer is that we won't just celebrate how God feels about us one day a year, but that we'll get used to celebrating that every day. May we gravitate and remember what he thinks of us. And this week, as you go, may God bless you and protect you. May he smile upon you and be gracious to you. May he show you his favor and give you his peace. Amen? And amen.